Well, good evening. Isn't it wonderful what God's done for us? That song just tells the truth of what God did. He stepped down from his throne. He came to earth. And, of course, we celebrate his birth at Christmas time here. And uh, what a great message this morning from Pastor and really appreciated that. And I look forward to giving out the word of uh, God tonight. Uh, I want to say thank you to everyone in the church family that prayed for me. I do feel much better and I appreciate, I thank God for seeing me through and for not uh, having it be um, any worse than it was. Uh, but I'm so thankful for the prayers of God people, and many of you encouraged me uh, through notes and different things, so I appreciate that very much. I love my church family, and I appreciate all you guys do. Well, tonight we're going to look at um, how we can trust the Scripture and then how Jesus Christ was revealed to us, and we're going to just talk about truth tonight. Uh, of course, we talk about that almost every service, but uh, we're going to focus in on a few things tonight. But let's, uh, let me open with a word of prayer before I get started, and then we'll go into tonight's lesson. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all you do for us and for leaving your throne, coming down, being born as a baby, living a life and a testimony, and then dying for us on the cross, raised up in three days, showed yourself on this earth for 40 days, and then ascended back into heaven. Lord, where we anxiously await your coming. We praise you so much for preparing a home in heaven. We thank you for dying on the cross so we could have that home. We thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy towards us. We praise you for the word of God which you've given us, Lord, to study and to know about you and to know about salvation. And Lord, we praise you for your goodness and your greatness to us. Lord, I pray tonight as I speak, I pray you give me wisdom, clarity of thought, and Lord, that your message would go out. Help me to only say what you'd have me to say, have, that you once said. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless this time in the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we get started tonight, uh, let's go ahead and look at the first slide here. Our family theme is God Revealed Truth. And you can see the different passages that we're going to be in tonight. Uh, we're going to be in a couple different places, so... Uh, just uh, follow along and hopefully have your Bible handy uh, so you can look up the scripture. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to the next slide, which is Bible basics. And the Bible basics say, how do we know about God? Well, the answer is that we know God through the wonders of creation uh, in Psalm 19, 1 through 4, through the image in which we are made, Genesis 1, and especially through his son, Jesus uh, John 1.18, we know about God from the scriptures, the Bible. And so, like I mentioned in the prayer, I'm so thankful for the Bible. But let's take a look at those verses. Let's start off with Psalm 19, 1 through 4. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Verse 2 says, Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night, unto night showeth knowledge. Verse 3, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. And verse 4 says, their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. What that is, is that's God showing and revealing himself in creation. That's what we call a general revelation. It's to all people. There is nobody in any part of the world that can't see the creation that God has made. When we think about how delicately we were created and how our body works and how uh, you think about everything, sending impulses to, to the brain. I got to fill in for Mr. Brown's science class this week and we talked about 
um, how the eyeball works, and we talked about how the optic nerve sends messages to the brain, and just such an intricate thing that, that God has designed. And then when you look at his creation, and you know that the earth revolves around the sun, and you know that it's just the right distance to where we can have a good atmosphere and a good temperature. Uh, if we were any closer, we would, you know, if we were, we were in the wrong, too close, we'd burn up. If we were too far away, we'd freeze. And God has designed all the planets, all, everything in the galaxy to move the way he has designed it. And just amazing God's creation, when, maybe when you go out into nature and you just appreciate what God has done. One of the things I love about this property is every night there's beautiful sunsets on this property. And it's just, and you look around, it, when you stand up here and you look around and banning, you see all the mountains around us that God has created. And so we call that general revelation. Every person in this world can know that there's a creator because of the creation. And again, we don't worship the creation. We worship the creator who has made us. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more tonight. And so we know God through the owners of his creation. And then let's look at Genesis 127. We know through his image in which we are made. Look what it says here in Genesis 127. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he the him. Male and female created he them. So he's created men and women in his own image. And that's exciting to love us that much that he created us in his own image. That's just amazing. Bible says we love him because he first loved us. And you think about it, I've said this many times, especially in chapels at school and stuff, but God took the time. There's like there's 7 billion people on the planet now. I don't know how many in times past, how many people have been on earth, but God's taken the time to make every person different. And even identical twins, we call them identical because it's hard for us to tell them apart, but even identical twins have differences in their makeup. And so God still, after all, it's not like he's tired of making people and he's, he's run out of uh, fresh ideas for that person. And then along with the looks, the outer looks that God gives us, he designs each person with a unique personality. And just so exciting that our God takes the time and loves us that much to take that time to do that. All right, and then let's look at John 1.18. It says, especially through his son Jesus... Now this would be more, we talked about creation being a general revelation. This would be a more specific revelation out of God's word. And so we're so thankful that God gave us the word of God to study, to look to. But in John 1.18 it says, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So God's declared his Son. God showed his Son. And um, that's exciting. So we saw three ways we know how we can know about God. One was through his creation. One was through his image in which we were made. And lastly, through his son, Jesus Christ. We know about God from the scriptures or the Bible. And uh, we should be thankful we have the Old and the New Testament to go. We have the complete word of God. <coughs> One of the ways we know that is in Revelation. It says we're not to add to the book or to take away from the book. And so we know that we have God's complete word in our hands. And you think about the disciples who followed Christ. They didn't have it. In fact, some of them were going to be writing part of the New Testament, of course, under the inspiration of God. But they didn't have the full revelation that you and I have, even though they had Christ incarnate in the flesh with them. 
And uh, that's exciting. And, of course, Christ said, I am the Word. And uh, so that's exciting. All right, let's uh, look at the next slide here, how it fits. Um, these books were written as persecution increased um, for the early church. Having firm confidence in the truth and reliability of one's beliefs is essential when it is a matter of life or death. This lesson fits with the whole of Scripture because it demonstrates how the God of all truth revealed His truth to us in the Bible. And what we're going to look at, at least briefly tonight, we're going to look at how we can trust the Scripture and know it's from God and know that God revealed Christ in the Scriptures and God revealed about Himself, He revealed about His Son, Jesus Christ, and He revealed about the Holy Spirit. And so we can, take our, we can trust our Bible that it's written by men but inspired by God Himself. All right, so let's move to the next slide here. It says, who is a person in your life that you trust to give you truthful and reliable information? Um, I put down a few people. Um, I put down when I was growing up, of course, I trusted my parents to tell me the truth. And I trusted teachers to tell me the truth. I I, I, uh, as I became a Christian and started to grow in my Christian walk, I looked to other strong Christian believers to take, I could take them as their truth. And then I've looked to pastors over the years, and Pastor Sidlowski, of course, being one of those. I looked to him to tell us the truth. I know he's telling the truth because he teaches right out of the Word of God. And so those are at least earthly examples of people that I've trusted in my life. But ultimately, we trust God himself completely. Why? God can't lie. And we think of all the proof. It's said that Jesus Christ himself... Um, confirmed over 333 prophecies in his lifetime, uh, that things that were prophesied about him in the Old Testament, some of it was in the book of Isaiah, some was from other books in the Bible, but we can trust that. So it says, why do you trust the, that person's information? Well, I mentioned, of course, God, because he's my creator, but on the earthly people, my parents, they loved me, they wanted the best for me, so I trusted them. Teachers, uh, I trusted that the facts that they were giving me in my classes as I learned a subject, they had knowledge about that area and had studied it themselves. And of course, a strong Christian who lives with Christ in their heart, I could take that and of course, pastors. And again, as we look at those people, there are exceptions. Uh, you have to compare everything to the scripture. We're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. All right, look at the next slide here. It says that it, it is often difficult to know whether or not the information we are getting is truthful and reliable. Today we will see how we can trust the truthfulness of the Bible because it was given to us by God. See, anything God gives us, we can trust 100% without fail. When you think about scientists that give information, uh, the things have to be updated because scientists have theories and they test those theories and sometimes they are proven true and they become uh, kind of a scientific law, let's put it that way. But there's times when their theories are, are proven wrong, and then the science has to be adjusted there. You think about, like in my lifetime, all growing up, I was taught that Pluto was a planet. And then they came out a while back, and they said that Pluto was not a planet. It was a star, something, something different. And then, and then now they say it was a dwarf planet. So, you know, it's just, it changes as we have stronger and stronger telescopes and things like that to look at the universe, and we get new information that... We didn't have years ago, and so, uh, but 
I think about, like on this slide, particularly when I read it and I was studying, I was thinking about the news organizations today. And not that you could always trust them back when I was growing up either, but, um, you know, I don't trust everything I hear on the news. I don't feel, I feel like reporting itself has gone downhill. And what I mean by that is I don't think they, they report information, but they don't, I don't think they always check their facts as good as they used to. And, depend, and, and a lot of times the reporters today seem to be more biased than they used to be. In other words, they, they, they don't just report the news, they put their um, belief system into it, rather, whether uh, instead of just reporting the news and letting us as being intelligent uh, people to review that information and decide if they're telling the truth. But the nice part is with God, we don't have to do that. We, always, we know there's, that God is 100% of the time always telling the truth. Well, with that being said, let's jump to our next slide and our first point tonight. Okay, and it's... Um, the Bible reveals truth about God, and uh, we're going to look here in Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, but on this slide it says, God has generally revealed himself to all of humanity through his creation. Every person on this planet has access to it. In other words, what do we say in John three sixteen? For God so loved the world, he made creation to everyone so that they could see it to reveal about him. And that's exciting. So let's go ahead and go to Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 tonight. And it says this, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the Father by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So as we, as we look about as we look at creation and stuff, it says uh, in my notes here, when we observe creation, we discover overwhelming evidence that an intelligent designer has intricately designed everything. Again, this is known as general revelation. God chose to reveal himself further through giving the scriptures and sending his son. This, as, this is known as special revelation. And when we say it's special, it's still available to everybody, but there are many people that have not read the Bible yet. Maybe have not heard a gospel message. Maybe have not studied out what God has said to them. And so when we say special, it means uh, it's, not, it's, it's available in the, word of, in the form of the word of God, but not everybody has taken advantage of this uh, extra revelation. But it's still for everyone, just like creation is a general revelation to everyone. Uh, and again, uh, God so loved the world, that he, and again, it's for everybody. His gift of salvation is for everybody. It's not just for one group of people or one country, one, one people. It's for everyone. And we saw that a lot with the early, uh, especially the disciples and the, and the start of the, really the New Testament church. Um, we saw where a lot of them struggled with giving up the, following the Old Testament law and on all the kind of things they were supposed to do under the law instead of now being under the grace of God. And again, um, we, we, saw, we, we see a lot of that struggle that they had. In fact, uh, Paul went through that struggle. Several of the disciples went through that struggle uh, because they were kind of in between the old way that they worshiped versus the new way they would worship uh, because of what Jesus Christ himself establishing the New Testament church. And so again, we have creation where God revealed himself and then um, we have 
specific things in the scripture that God has has done. So let's look uh, let's look to our um, next slide here, and it says zoom in here a little bit. The, again, the creation around us reveals in general ways that there is a God who created the universe and everything in it. You know, I've often wondered this because even as a boy, uh, before I was saved, and I've, uh, you guys, some of you know, I grew up in a in a in a home where creation was taught, and I've always believed that there was a God in my head, uh, but I had to have a po point, like Pastor invited us at the end of the morning service, if you did not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, to invite him in and trust him as your Savior, there had to be a point when I did that, and I did that, most of you know my salvation testimony, I accepted Jesus Christ around the age of 12 in an Awana program, I was studying the scripture to, to pass the books, and I was playing the games, I was eating the snacks, but the Wana leader asked me if I was, knew I was going to heaven. And I, all I could say was, I hope so. He took time to show me from the scripture how I could know I have eternal life. And if you're struggling with that today, let me encourage you to read 1 John chapter 5. Because in that chapter, it's very clear that you have to have Jesus Christ to be saved. And then it tells us in verse 13 of 1 John chapter 5 that you can know you have eternal life. And so if you're struggling with that idea of salvation, let me encourage you to read that this week uh, where God, again, it's God revealing himself through scripture. And you know what? God loves us so much, he wants us to be saved. He, he loves us and he wants us to be saved. And then once we're saved, he wants us to have a joyous Christian life and to point others to him. And um, we have that joy because no matter what this earth brings at us, no matter what challenges we face, um, we know that God's with us and we know that this home on earth is temporary. You think even if you live to be 100, it's such a short period of time when we consider it with all of eternity. And so um, we, we, just the joy of knowing we have a home in heaven and that Jesus, God loved me so much that he let his son come to this earth, die for my sin, and then provide and, and make a home for me in heaven. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So, again, let's look to the next slide, how we can apply this in our life, okay? We can know God on a personal, intimate level by understanding who he has revealed himself to be in his word. You know, God has told us so much about himself in the word of God, and isn't it great? It doesn't matter whether you're a lay person in the church or you're a pastor or even a child in the church. You can have a personal, intimate relationship with God. He wants to hear from you, and he speaks to you through the word of God. And so, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a child or an adult. You're, you can be as close to God as you want to be. And you could be, you know, you don't, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be uh, a Sunday school teacher or any of those things to be close to God in your walk with him, and you can have a great, great personal relationship with him. One of the things I like about, I could wake up at two in the morning, not be able to sleep, be worried about something. I can go to God. He's there, and he's ready to go. I never have to wonder, is, you know, I, don't, I know God, God doesn't have to sleep, so I don't have to worry, is God asleep right now? You know, if I, maybe I want to talk to somebody that I, is a good friend or a family member, I'm not going to call them at two in the morning unless it's an emergency. But, you know, I could talk to God any time, night or day, and that's exciting. But we can know him on that personal level. Then look at the next slide. It says, what do we know about God that we could not know without the Bible? Man, there are so many things that fit in that. 
Um, the Bible teaches us that God loves us. Now, we can see that God loves us through creation and through the way he created us, but in the scripture, it shows so much more of his love. We see things that were prophesied before Christ came on the earth, and so we, that proves to us that Jesus was the Son of God and the Messiah because he fulfilled all those prophecies that were foretold about him from where he was born in Bethlehem and uh, all the things about his life were in the scripture before he was even born here. And it's exciting. And then, you know what I think is really neat? Uh, God put uh, a lot of things, but God put in the scripture, uh, of course we know he died on the cross, he was buried, he rose again the third day, but I mentioned earlier, he, for 40 days he stayed on this earth and he showed himself to believers to empower them that, it, that they knew what he was saying was truth so that they were going to be the ones that were have to go and evangelize the whole world. And by him showing himself for 40 days to different believers and people, the disciples, that gave them power to understand that what Christ told them was fulfilled and that he was the Messiah. And then he ascended into heaven after, uh, for 40, after 40 days. But as he ascended, he commanded them to preach the gospel to, to um, every creature. But he also promised he would return. And that's just exciting. It's just his promises are true, uh, and we can trust that. So, again, that's some things we could know um, th that, we, that we see that we wouldn't know if we didn't have it written in God's Word. And then it says, why did God reveal himself to us in the Bible? Well, the main reason is our Creator loves us, and he wants us to know him. I don't know about you, um, different people in your life that you've gotten to know really well. I think about my wife when I first met her at Bible college. I didn't really know anything about her. I, I know that I was physically attracted to her, and I wanted to get to know her better. And as I got to know her, and I, I realized that, um, really that, you know, prayed, prayed about it and realized that she was going to be my wife. And uh, how exciting. And, and uh, just getting to know her over the years that we've been married. And then when your children are born, you know, you have this baby that can't talk yet, and you just, the, the, the joy you have of having your child, but then as your child grows, each step of the way is just an exciting time of life. They learn to talk, they learn to walk, they grow, they mature throughout their life, and then uh, become adults, and it's just exciting to see the whole process. Uh, but um, God's the same way. The only way we're going to get to know God is by spending time with Him, and we do that through prayer, our prayer time, our devotion time with God. We do it through reading the scriptures because we speak to him through prayer. He speaks to us through his word. And we, um, we grow uh, when we spend that time there. So we get to see, uh, the more we know about God, the, you know, the Bible talks about worshiping him in spirit and truth. The more that we know what God's plan and will is for our life, the better we can do that. And so that's exciting. All right, let's move on to point number two here, which is the next slide here. And it says, the Bible is inspired by God. And we find that in a couple places that we're going to look at in a minute here. Uh, 2 Peter 1.21 and then 2 Timothy 3.16. But it says, the scriptures that we read today originated with God and not men. God spoke through the authors to reveal truth, guiding them yet never suspending their own personalities. So let's take a look at those verses here. Let's go to 2 Peter uh, 121 first. It says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, 
but, but, but holy men of God spake, look, at, look here at the end of this verse, it says, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. You and I, at the time of salvation, are given the Holy Ghost as our comforter. It also says that the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, seals us until the day of redemption. So not only does the Holy Spirit seal us and keep us until our day of redemption, which would be when we go to heaven, get our new glorified body, all that kind of thing, but not only does he seal us, but he's also our helper. When Jesus left, he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And of course, in the New Testament church, we saw the Holy Spirit come upon the believers on the day of Pentecost uh, when Peter preached and others. And, uh, but when you get saved, immediately the Holy Spirit is, is, is sent to live with inside of you. And it says here, for the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man. In other words, it wasn't just a fairy tale or a story that man wrote down. It says, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And again, make sure you and I are following the Holy Ghost leading in our life. Many times the Holy Ghost has led me to talk to a person about Christ. Many times he's led me to help someone that's maybe in need or just needs something. Uh, and, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you to do that. And sometimes we follow that uh, when the Holy Spirit does that. Other times we kind of push it away and try to... Uh, not do it. You know, we'll say like, oh, I don't think God really wants me to talk to that person. We kind of try to disclaim it, but never discount what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. And again, these people that wrote the scripture, they were inspired by God himself, even though they physically wrote it down. And so we have to remember that. Um, Peter told us here in 2 Peter 1.21 that the scriptures were given by servants who were guided by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we don't trust in God because important individuals wrote it. Rather, we trust in God's word because it was given to us by God. And again, God wanted us to have the scripture to know more about him and to know the will of God for our lives. Okay, well, let's move to the other scripture here, which is 2 Timothy 3.16. And, uh, you know, this is actually kind of neat because this is one of the verses that when, you, when we were in Awana program, which Awana is very similar to the Master's Club that we run now today. Uh, it has the same elements in it, uh, memorizing scripture, hearing a Bible lesson, playing games, and so on. But all scripture here, it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, it was one of the verses we had to memorize in Awana. But all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, or for correction, or instruction in righteousness. Well, all those things. Doctrine is just what we believe. Your doctrine is your belief system, and hopefully your belief system and my belief system lines up with God's belief system, because that's all that matters. And so when we say it's doctrine, that's what we believe, and we believe it because God said it. And then for reproof and for correction, that means God uses the Word of God to correct us when we're doing what's wrong. Uh, you know, we often think of the Ten Commandments Obviously, God gave more than 10 commandments in the Bible, but when we look at the 10 commandments, those correct us. They tell me I shouldn't be lying. I shouldn't be cheating. I shouldn't be um, uh, envious. I shouldn't be uh, contemplating, you know, getting so angry that I want to kill somebody else and those kind of things. But there's so much in the scripture that it's, God uses it to reprove and for correction. And then lastly, it says for instruction in righteousness. You know, righteousness is just a big word that means we need to do what is right. Who determines what is right and what is wrong? God does. And that's what's wrong in our world today 
man tries to do, you remember that verse that says, uh, every man did what was good in their own sight? That's what our world goes by today. They, they, they just try to decide what's right and wrong rather than looking to what God has said is right and wrong. And uh, so uh, there's, you know, there's so, so much clarity in Scripture that, that helps us for all those things. One, for doctrine, what we believe. For reproof and correction, which is God using that to mold our life and to make us things. When we discipline our children and we train our children, we do it for their benefit. We don't want them running out in the street. They'll get hit by a car. We don't want, want them touching the hot stove because they'll burn their hand. As they grow, we want them to figure out that uh, we, wanna, we introduce them to Christ and we show, try to teach them in the way of the Lord. Why? Train up a child in the way that he should go and when he gets older, he will not depart from it. In other words, we want to teach them about God and about Jesus Christ and then, of course, to do what is right. And uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 describes the scriptures as being inspired or breathed out by God. It is God's divine truth. That very first part says all scripture. That means there's no word in there that's not. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So uh, we can be confident in that. Why? Because God said it. And that's, um, that's exciting. Um, let's go ahead and look at the next slide here. Uh, and it says here, um, the Holy Spirit uh, inspired the writers so that they recorded what God wanted us to know. The Bible truly is God's Word. And then, how do we apply that? In the next slide, confidently learn and live out the truths of the Bible, knowing that it was inspired by God, and that it wasn't just some fable that man came up with or some fairy tale. We know that God uh, inspired it. Uh, and um, over and over again, the Bible proves itself to be true. If it's talking about science, it proves itself to be true. Um, if it's talking about uh, history, it's proven itself to be true. If it's talking about prophecy, fulfilled prophecy has proven that it's true and a trustworthy document, if we could say it that way. Um, but that's important, okay? All right, then the next slide says, how does knowing the Bible was inspired by God motivate us to follow it and obey it? But when we know our Creator wrote it, and we know it's the information He wants us to have today, that should motivate us, motivate us to follow and obey it. If He did so much as to leave His throne, like that song that we heard at the beginning of the message, if He did so much as to leave His throne for me, come here and be born as a baby, having to be, have to be taken care of by parents, raised on this earth, so that He would know exactly how we feel, go through the similar temptations, the devil tempted him out in the wilderness, and go through all of that, then to go through unspeakable pain and beatings and different things, his beard being plucked out, then put to death by a horrible death of crucifixion, all for me and for you. Wow, what a God that loves us. And so because of all that he's done for us, that should motivate me to want to follow and obey it, especially when I know it's God's word. Every word is inspired. All scripture is, in, is inspired. And so that should motivate us to want to live for him. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of other books that we get good information. You know, my wife, for example, in her history class, used to teach uh, the book that was written about called The Art of War. And it had good information in it. I mean, if you followed some of those principles, of course, it was written specifically uh, for warfare and for battle, 
But, you know, there were some principles in there that were very good principles. But, you know, the difference between the Bible and that is that the Bible is inspired by God, where the other one was somebody just giving their experience based on uh, their battles and their warfare and so on. But both are good information, but one we can trust ultimately and completely, and that's God's Word. And so that's, um, that's great stuff there. All right, uh, let's look at the last point tonight, point number three here. The Bible gives truth for everyday life, and we're going to look at a couple scriptures here. Um, and it says, the scripture is truly God-breathed, and it's applicable, applicable to every believer, regardless of when or where he or she lives. God's divine truth is timeless and will always be effective. Uh, when you think about that, the Bible has stood the test of time. And diff different civilizations, different people have studied it over the years, and it's as much relevant to us today as it was 100 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's still relevant today. And um, it's applicable. You know, that's how, you know, God's Word talks about being the living, you know, Christ is the living Word, but as we talk about the Word, the Bible talks about itself it says it's going to last forever. It says the grass and the flower, they're going to fade away, but the word of God is forever. And so as you look at that, and, and um, when you're in a church service, or whether you're listening online or whatever, and the pastor's preaching, and he preaches on a topic out of the scripture, and at the same time, God uses that scripture to touch different people's hearts about different things in their life. It's the same passage. It's the same message going out to hundreds of people, but yet God uses it specifically in each person's life. That's why when you get done with a message, uh, you know, pastor might get done with a message and you think, wow, he was preaching right to me today. How does that happen? That's God taking the scripture and piercing our hearts with it and, uh, and, and saying, hey, this is what you need to make changes in your life or this is the encouragement you need for today. And God's word is like that. I don't know how many times I don't know how many, it's just happened so many times in my life. I've read a passage literally hundreds of times. And then at a certain point in my life when I need it, God shows me something else out of that passage that I've never seen before. That has happened to me so many times and it's just so exciting when that happens because it's just proof over and over again in my heart that the Bible is the word of God. And that's, that's just so exciting. And it's always gonna be effective. Uh, don't you love something that, you know, it just is always effective. You know, I think about these cell phones we have. I've got mine down here. And, you know, my, my, our cell phones constantly change. Now, it's exciting to get a new cell phone and get new technology. But the, the tough part about that is I've got to figure out how to use it. And uh, in my life, it's, it's, it's hard to figure out, okay, exactly what I want to do, exactly how to use it, how, you know, when you first get it, I'm just happy that I can make a phone call on it. And then, and then when I, once I learn to get a phone call, I say, okay, now I'm just going to figure out how I'm going to text on this new phone. And then pretty soon you start, you start enjoying the added features that they've given to the phone. And about the time you get comfortable with it, the new one's out and you have to change it all over again. So I get my son Mark to set it up for me and then we uh, get rolling there. Uh, but, you know, the main thing is when I get my phone, I got to make sure before anybody leaves me from giving me instruction they, that I know how to use it to just be the basics, and uh, it's just amazing today. Like mine has the fingerprint thing on the back. Some of you have the facial recognition ones and all that. But it's amazing how that works. 
But you know, with God's Word, it doesn't change. It's always effective. It's always applicable. And again, we see new things all the time in it. But we can take God's Word and just use it in our life. Look at the next... Uh, well, let's read the Scripture first before we look at the next slide. Let's look at uh, 2 Timothy. We already looked at 3.16, but we're gonna re- we were mainly focusing in on the, on the last point on all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. But let's look at the rest of this here. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for, cor- for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And then look at verse 17. It says that the, this is why. All of that is true because of this. That the man of God or woman of God, either one, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. See, why? Why, do we, why, why, do, why is all Scripture inspired by God? Why is it given to, to mankind right here? That you can be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Uh, pastor mentioned it when he was preaching this morning, and I mentioned it. There's things that God will call you to do that are scary. Uh, one of them is t- just witnessing to somebody else, telling them about uh, how they can know they have a home in heaven. That can be very scary. Uh, as many times as I've done door-to-door visitation, I get nervous at every door I knock. Um, giving every, anytime I have the privilege to, to preach the Word of God like I am tonight, it's, it's, my nerves get up. Why? I want to do a good job for my Savior. I want to point people to Him, and that's a serious thing. But the, the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so, um, as we look at that, the Bible is all we need in order to know God, to live for his kingdom, and to be equipped for the work that he wants us to accomplish. Uh, Paul told Timothy that all scripture is from God and is useful for every part of life. There's nothing we can possibly go through to which scripture cannot speak. And you know what's funny? There's no other book like that in the world. There's no other book that you can read and it's the complete and final authority on everything. All other books, I think about like a, a Becca, they have to update their books. Uh, we teach, we teach, use a Becca books here in our school, but every so many years they update the book. Why? To, well, hopefully to make it better. Uh, but second of all, a lot of times they have to add new information, like history. History is happening daily, so they have to add to the history book uh, to show the new things that are going on in, in the world. And so, but the Bible's already there. It's already complete. There's nothing that we can go through, that, that we're going to go through that Scripture won't help us with. And we go to our Creator. Why? Who knows us best? The Creator. And so we can go uh, to Him. And then let's go ahead and look at the other verses, which are Hebrews. It's Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12 says this about the Word of God. It says, the word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. One of the things the Bible says about the heart is, the heart is desperately wicked, who can know it? You know who that is? God can know it, and he does know our hearts. But as you think about this, think about the word of God being sharper. No other book will lead you to salvation. You know, one of the reasons you got saved is because Scripture or the Word of God being preached pierced your heart and let you know, I'm not perfect, I'm a sinner, I've done wrong, I need a Savior. I need a way to get to heaven. I'm not going to be able to earn heaven. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us we can't earn heaven. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. And so, 
as you, th- as you think about those things, the, the scripture tells you that you need a savior. And then it, it points out your need, but then it tells you how to do it, how to get saved. I mentioned 1 John chapter 5 earlier. 1 John chapter 5 will tell you that you need to have Christ to be saved and that you can know you can be saved. It's not a guessing game. I'm so glad God put that in the scripture. In 1 John 5, 13, he put that we can know we have eternal life. I'm so glad God did that. I don't have to wonder each day, am I, am I on my way to heaven or not? And then it says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's quick, it's powerful, it does that. And look what it says, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And look what it says here, it's the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, the more I'm in the word of God, the harder it is for me to sin. Why? Because I know God doesn't like that. And I know it would make him unhappy. You know, when we're children, we get in trouble with mom or dad. We don't like that the relationship is broken. And when we say broken, we mean the fellowship because we've done something wrong that our parents told us not to do. And I know I always dreaded the punishment, but you know, I always look forward after that was all over to the relationship being restored with my parents. Now, they loved me the whole time. They still cared about me, but they had to discipline me. And our Heavenly Father is the same way. And um, he helps us and guides us in that area. Uh, Again, the Bible is all we need in order to know God, to live for his kingdom, and to be equipped for the work that he wants us to accomplish. And you know what? Some of our our, uh, work that God wants us to accomplish is the same. For example, regardless of whether you're a pastor or a layperson in the church, God commands us to tell the, the gospel to every creature. That commands to everybody. But as far as, like, for example, becoming a pastor, a pastor is a special, different calling that a, that a person gets in their life uh, to, to preach the word and lead a church. That's given. I've never, I've never had that specific call in my life. Even though I get the privilege to preach sometimes, I've never had that specific call in my life. A uh, pastor talked about the, uh, Mitchell McCormick, who's getting ready to go to the mission field in Peru. I've never been called specifically by God to go to a different country to be a missionary. Uh, but we have to be open to all that in our life. But, you know, every person, some of the things are the same. We're all to give out the gospel no matter where we live. But other people are called to specific things uh, that God wants them to do in our life. And we have, God's going to equip us to do that through the scripture. Again, some of the stuff God calls us to do could be scary, but the scripture helps us with that. Well, let's go ahead and look at the next slide here. Uh, and it says, zoom in here. The Bible, as God's word, is our final authority for what we believe and practice. You know, again, all people have a thought pattern. We all think different things about different issues. But as a Christian, what we need to make sure is that our thought and belief system, which again, earlier we called that our doctrine, our doctrine is what we believe. We need that to be based on what God says and not how we feel in our hearts. We need to to go by what God says is true. And God's true system as a Christian, that becomes your true system. If God says uh, certain things are wrong, then we believe they're wrong because our creator told us that and he knows best okay next slide says this applying it go to god's word for guidance in every situation in other words let's say witnessing telling somebody the gospel how do we do that we go to the scripture see what god tells us to do okay well okay i'm going to get married what does god say about a marriage says between a man and a woman in genesis how does God want me to live my family, be with my family? It tells me what to do there. It tells me how to be a, a, a good husband or a good wife. 
It tells you how to be, be a good parent. It tells the children how to be good children in the home. It teaches you every part of life as you go through how to be a good employee and, and be a good testimony for Christ and all those things. But we, we have to go to God's word for that. Uh, many times in my life I've done it the opposite way. I've done it, messed it up, got it wrong, and then said, okay, God, I obviously did this wrong. What did I do wrong? I go to the scripture and I go, man, I knew that. Why didn't I just apply that to begin with? And uh, I've said this many times over the years. Every decision is a big decision. Always compare it to the word of God. Always bathe it in prayer. Uh, a decision that might be, seem so small, um, go to God with it. Make sure it's his will for your life. But go to God's word for guidance in every situation. The next slide says this, why should the Bible be our final authority for what we believe and how we believe? Again, all scripture was inspired by God. Our creator said it. And so um, why should the Bible be our final authority? Well, again, because God said it. And that should control what we believe, our doctrine again, and how we live, all based on what God has to say about it. And it says at the bottom of this slide, give an example of a verse that has given you direction in a decision or help in a difficult time. Uh, this verse I quote often, and it's one of my life verses, but it's James 1.5, and it says this, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. One of the reasons I love that verse, many times in my, in my life I lack wisdom. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not this, by any means one of the smartest people in the world, uh, or I don't have one of the highest IQs in the world, but I trust God to give me wisdom. And I've told you before, many times I've had to make a phone call or talk to somebody about something un, very uncomfortable. And I've prayed to God, and I said, God, just give me the words to say. And I don't know how many times over the years God has given me wisdom in a situation where I didn't know how to handle something. And so let me encourage you, when you feel like, you don't know what to do in a situation. Go to the Word of God and trust this. Re look at James 1.5, and again, it says, if any of us lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And it says, I like the second part, it says, who giveth to all men, or all people, liberally. In other words, he doesn't just say, oh, here's some wisdom, uh, but I'm going to give it out sparingly. You only get a little bit, a little sprinkle of it. And only this person can have some wisdom. This person can't have wisdom. No, he says, giveth to all men liberally, and look what it says, and it shall be given him at the end of the verse. So it doesn't, it's not a question. It says if you ask God for wisdom, he'll give it to you. It's not, it's not will it happen, is it going to happen. So that was a verse I had. That was a verse that was important to me in my life, or still is important. And then look at the, la the, the next slide here, the last slide. It says live it. Name a current issue or problem being debated or dealt with in our society. Okay, well some of the things I wrote down. And it's been for quite a while now, but one's abortion. One is the family. What should a family unit be made of? And gender, the uh, Bible says in Genesis, male or female. Um, there's many others we could list, but that's just a couple that I wrote down. And then it says, what would it look like for us to make God's word the final authority and guide for what, we, what, what to do about that issue? If I know what my creator feels about a specific thing in Scripture then I know that my thought and my will should line up with his. And so if I have a different idea about abortion, 
You know, I don't. I, I mean, I believe abortion is wrong. We, sh- we shouldn't take innocent life. We shouldn't destroy what God has created. But if I, if I know that, that decides how I live my life and when I make decisions. Uh, family. If I know that in Genesis, which I do, that it says that marriage is between a man and a woman, that defines the family for me. And I may have different thoughts or beliefs, but I know what God says on it, and that's, then I take that as truth, and I know that my life will go better if I follow that. Follow that. When, I, when gender, I'm, I'm, children, I feel so bad for children today. They're so confused by the, the, the worldly teaching that's out there that you may be born uh, physically a specific sex, male or female, but that you can decide later in life what gender you really are. That's so confusing for someone. And in the book of Genesis, it says, male and female created he him. There's only two, two genders, male and female. And none of those things are popular today to, to, in society. But it's God's truth nonetheless. And so again, when we have current issues or problems that are being debated in our society, um, we can look to the scripture for the truth in that area. And again, when we talk to others about it, though, we have to bathe that in love. We don't have to argue. We don't have to fight. We just say that, hey, my God that created me and created you said in his word that this is the way it needs to be. And we can do that in, in love, and that's the way we need to present it. Well, hopefully tonight I've given you some thoughts to think of and some scripture to look at. But mainly what I want you to think about, you know, we're all excited this month. We're going to celebrate Christmas and about Jesus Christ coming to this earth and then living a perfect life for us so that we can have a home in heaven. But the point is to be able to know that we can trust the Bible that's in our hands and in our homes. And then we can trust that it's God's word that's inspired by him and it's given, it was written down by men as he instructed it. And uh, think about it. We have the Trinity. We have God the Father who loved us so much that he sent God the Son to die for us on the cross. And then he loved us so much that once we trust him as our Lord and Savior, he gives us the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost to guide our lives. We are truly, truly a blessed people. And we just got to keep in focus. This life is temporary, but our home in heaven is eternal. And I'm so thankful for heaven. Many people that I've loved throughout the years that are there now. And I just praise God that, that, that we have that to look forward to. And let's not be selfish with it. Christmas is a time of gift giving. Help us, let's, let, let's let God help us to share it with our neighbors and share it with different people and, and find unique ways to do it. With this COVID, we have to find unique ways to reach out. And Mike's talked about that over the last few weeks. And so has uh, Mike and LJ. I know last week when they spoke, they mentioned about that. Pastors mentioned about that. But let's be a light this Christmas to point people to him. Let's not be selfish with the gift that he's given us. But thank you for tuning in tonight. Great to see you. Don't forget, Wednesday we'll be online. And then next Sunday uh, we'll be here in person. I'm looking forward to that. The auditorium is beautifully decorated for Christmas, and it's just so exciting to see all the decorations. Uh, But I am look forward to seeing you guys next week. Uh, But let's close in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the word of God. Thank you for your blessings in our life. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that you did love us so much that you gave us what you need us to know in the Holy Scripture. You've given us the Bible to study and to look to you in all things. God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus down to die for me. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to guide me. And Lord, thank you for the word of God that I can trust 100% all the time. Lord, I thank you for our pastor. Pray you continue to bless him. Thank you that he's feeling better. I pray you'd encourage him. And thank you for my church family, Lord. I love them so much. And I pray now you'd bless them throughout this week. In Jesus' name.
Amen. All right, good night. Thank you for watching.